Section six of the New York Gardener. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Marianne Spiegel. The New York Gardener by P. Agricola. Section six, May, Part one. My dear son, the sluggard is known by the neglect of his garden inattentive to the proper season of planting and too idle to perform the necessary tillage he but lightly stirs the surface of the ground and without art sows his seed by the wayside his plants as might be expected are immediately impoverished with weeds or devoured by hungry insects if they escape the depredation of larger animals and there is another class of men who take much pains to manure and make their garden and then desert it altogether seeming to expect a crop without any further attention. These men will never derive either pleasure or profit from a garden. The man of understanding knows full well that when his garden is planted, although it may be done in the most skilful manner, his care and labor is but half accomplished. It is folly in the extreme to plant a garden without a full determination to defend it from weeds and insects. All horticultural plants are feeble in their origin, and most of them continue so a length of time. Care must be taken that they do not stand too thick and starve for want of food and air, and it would be equally improper to have their ranks too thin and any considerable portion of the ground with which you have taken so much pains lie waste and unproductive. Besides all this, the health and vigor of your plants require that the ground around them should be often stirred and pulverized, and here the appearance of weeds may be properly considered as timely monitors that your vegetable infants want the bosom of their mother earth raised and opened for them. Without them we might forget that plants, as well as animals, must have their daily food, and that in proportion to their wants or cravings, or they must certainly become stinted, feeble, and unfruitful. If showers are frequent, the earth settles and becomes firm and unyielding around their stalks, and requires as frequently to be moved and loosened. If the weather is dry, stirring and making the soil fine will do more to prevent the injurious effects of drought than the most copious artificial watering. Indeed, artificial watering is seldom useful, and when applied injudiciously is always hurtful. But if your ground is not too wet, you can never hoe or stir the surface without advantage. Besides, frequent hoeing is the cheapest mode of tillage. I had rather hoe three times than once. If, previous to planting, the ground has been put in good order, and the roots of weeds are not permitted to gain strength with age, a very trifling attention and labor will effectually prevent them from starving and injuring your garden. In a particular manner do not permit weeds to stand in the neighborhood of your plants in very dry weather, for they are generally strong drinkers and will imbibe all the moisture within the reach of their roots, while your tender plants are drooping and sickening for want of it. With these previous remarks, let us go again into the garden and put what they teach into practice. Onions By the first of this month, or before if the ground works freely, without adhering to the spade or rake, make ready your onion plantation, for the earlier you can get in your seed, provided the ground is in good order, the larger and better onions you will have. Onions flourish best and are cultivated with the least expense upon a rich sandy loom but may be raised upon almost any soil, properly wrought and rightly manured. If your ground was not plentifully enriched last fall, now spread over a coat of fine, well-rotted dung, and dig it a full spade deep, 
incorporating the dung therewith and pulverizing the earth as you proceed in digging this done take the coarse rake and draw off or pulverize all the lumps within reach of the teeth then take the fine rake and continue raking the surface until the whole becomes firm and compact observing to keep the whole plantation level or rather a little crowning that water may never stand upon any part of it this done stretch a line eight inches from the alley and with your small hoe make a drill an inch deep along the line here scatter the seed even and with a liberal hand immediately covering it with a fine rake and completing the process by pressing down the earth over the seed with the broad hoe this done move your line ten or twelve inches back and repeat every part of the operation already described until all is planted over this plantation you may sprinkle a little lettuce and cabbage seed for many of these plants may grow here until wanted without the least injury to the onion crop in planting onions art is more requisite perhaps than in any other part of gardening they must be planted early so as to begin to bottom before our scorching dog days the ground must be rich it must be made fine yet must not be left loose and spongy with very little skill you may raise the long-necked scullion they will grow if late planted and slovenly attended but if you are pleased with large swelling bobulous bottoms observe the above directions and take care that they suffer no neglect afterwards there are several varieties of the onion principally distinguished by their color as the red the yellow the white and silver skinned all requiring the same method of cultivation and there is a separate species of this plant the magic onion sometimes called the canada sometimes the tree or top onion this is a singular plant and deserves cultivation not only for its domestic use but as a curiosity all other plants raised in the garden are oviparous or in other words reproduce their species from seeds or eggs but this alone is viviparous and brings forth its young alive in clusters of four or five around the parent stalk these continue to enlarge until their weight brings them to the earth where if not prevented they take root and the maternal stalk now becomes useless dries off and the next season these in their turn become parents and reproduce a numerous progeny this species of onion is raised with less art than the other if you would have them in perfection make your ground ready as for the other kind then stretch a line ten inches from the alley and with a small hoe make a furrow two inches deep in the bottom of this place the top bulbs or infant onions five or six inches apart with their points or heads uppermost then fill up the drill with light earth which should be pressed down with the hand or broad hoe this done remove the line back a foot and in the same manner plant as many as you please in setting out these bulbs you should not place the large and small ones promiscuously together but separate the large from the small and plant them in different rows for the largest will generally become breeders this season while the small ones will enlarge and swell into beautiful onions fit for any use in the kitchen the magic onions intended for seed or breeders should be two years old and the largest and best of their kind they must on no account stand near the other species of seed onions or they will degenerate and a mongrel race ensue seed onions if not set out in the autumn must now be planted as soon as the ground is sufficiently dry for this purpose make choice of a good piece of ground which dig a full spade deep breaking it fine as you proceed 
then select the firmest largest and best shaped onions of the most desirable kind with no growth from their tops observing that each variety is to be placed separately and remote from any other having dug your ground and your roots in readiness strain a line ten inches from the alley and with a spade throw out an opening or drill six inches deep along the line here place the onions upon their bottoms about eight or ten inches apart then with a rake draw the earth into the furrow so as to cover the bulbs two or three inches then remove the line fourteen inches further back and plant another row as before and so proceed until all are planted by planting the seed onions thus deep in the furrow you will afterwards be able to support the stalks by drawing the earth about them and the wind will neither loosen nor throw them down lettuce this in some families is distinguished by the name of salad and is truly a valuable one let it be your ambition to have it early and of a fine quality there are many varieties of this plant take care to be provided with a good kind of seed such as will form a large head and will not run to seed before they attain full growth the place selected for a lettuce bed should be defended from the northwest winds make the ground rich with well-rotted manure intimately incorporating therewith let the surface be raked fine and lie a little sloping to the south sow the seed sparingly broadcast or in rows as you may choose then lightly with a fine rake cover the seed here you may also sprinkle a little cabbage seed and perhaps draw a number of fine plants without injury to the lettuce when the lettuce comes up take care that it does not stand too thick while small it should be pulled out before the plants crowd and oppress each other these may be transplanted into good ground at the distance of ten inches apart and before they grow large every other one should be drawn for the use of the table lettuce while small will bear transplanting extremely well though the plants will never be so large as those which were left upon the spot where they were sown but they will cabbage finely and come somewhat later and save the necessity of sowing every month for lettuce sown after the weather becomes warm soon runs up to seed without heading and is good for nothing parsley for an early crop should now be sown in single rows along the edge of the quarters or borders of the garden it will make a useful and neat edging if not suffered to grow too large and it bears transplanting very well any blanks may be easily filled up in rainy weather the seed will remain a long time in the ground before it comes up but there is no danger of its perishing it may be right here to notice that poisonous plant called fool's parsley or wild parsnip a common weed upon the banks of the mohawk and elsewhere has sometimes been mistaken for the garden parsley they are very easily distinguished the leaves of the poisonous plant are of a darker green of a different shape and instead of the peculiar parsley smell have when bruised a sickish disagreeable odor the timid may shun all risk of mistake by cultivating only the curled variety which is in every respect as useful and a more beautiful plant than the common kind a few of the strongest plants should not be cut but suffered to run to flower and they will produce an abundance of seed cabbage there is no vegetable grown in the garden of more value than this there are many varieties but all those which are commonly called cabbage require nearly the same treatment the seeds should be sown as soon as the weather becomes warm and vegetation begins for the earlier you can get plants the larger will your cabbage grow and the heavier their heads will be cabbage seed may be planted where the crop is intended to stand or may be sown in beds and afterwards transplanted 
the first method is more liable to injury from insects and will sooner run to seed the latter is therefore generally preferred and a small spot will produce abundance for your family for this purpose take a large box or tub and set it in some open exposure fair to the sun fill it with horse dung within six inches of the top when trod firmly down then fill the vessel with rich garden mould and immediately sow the seed quite thick covering it half an inch deep with fine earth which press down firmly and evenly with your hand and finish by sifting a coat of fine soot or ashes over all in a few days the plants will appear and if at this time they stand so thick as to touch each other let some of them be pulled up if the weather should prove dry sprinkle them every evening with water warmed in the sun plants raised in this way will not be injured by the turnip fly and will grow strong and vigorous when removed there is another method of raising cabbage plants which is preferred by some farmers they go into the field and dig up a spot of good earth then heap upon it a large quantity of chips brush or other old wood this they burn and as soon as the fire is out they rake over the bed and carefully mix the soil and ashes together here they sow the seed and immediately cover it with the rake a temporary fence is erected to defend them from the cattle and in this way an abundance of fine plants are produced with ease and certainty the several kinds of cabbage seed should not be sown promiscuously in the same bed but in separate beds or marked allotments every variety of the cabbage has its peculiar excellence and each in its proper season successively contributes to our wants in the spring as soon as vegetation commences the brussels sprouts appear and present the first fruits of the garden this and jerusalem kale are very hardy plants they never head but the leaves after being pinched with the frost make most delicious pot herbs and boil greener than any other of the cabbage tribe they will survive a very severe winter and afford a grateful repast when most other plants perish they should be planted where the northwest winds cannot approach and where the snows of winter may lie undisturbed upon them or they may be taken up before winter frost set in with much severity planted in trenches up to the leaves and covered occasionally with straw or other light covering the heads may be cut off as wanted and in spring the stems if taken up and planted out will produce an abundance of most delicious sprouts in the summer and autumn the early yorkshire and small smyrna cabbage present a ripened head and is welcomed at every table the seeds of the cabbage should be sown in a hotbed about the middle of april and the plants will be fit for removal by the middle of this month when they have attained leaves as large as a cent let them be transplanted into a nursery bed prepared of rich earth and in an open and warm situation here they should stand six inches apart and if the weather is dry be frequently watered at the commencement of winter the savoy is in its glory and this is followed by the drumhead and sugarloaf noble plants and the largest of the cabbage family some of them weighing more than twenty pounds these if laid away with art will bountifully supply the table until the brussels sprout is sufficiently grown to take their place besides all these there are many sub-varieties some of which are preferable for a summer crop others for an autumn crop and a third set for winter supply the cauliflower is indeed a fine plant and justly considered to be the flower of the cabbage family it grows sometimes to the height of four or five feet with its leaves loose and in the natural way and forms its stalk or flower buds into a head which is very tender and delicate 
if you would grow this plant in perfection take care to procure seed that is genuine or free from adulteration in march let it be sown in a hotbed when the plants are two or three inches high they should be moved to another hotbed of lower temperature and larger dimensions here they should be set four inches apart and remain until transferred to the open air where they are to stand the time for doing this is when the earth by its spontaneous productions shows the internal heat necessary for vegetation the cabbage turnip and the turnip rooted cabbage are both extremely hardy and merit attention from every farmer they are frequently used for culinary purposes in the same manner as turnips and in the spring the sprouts make delicious greens well might dr johnson in his journey remark that before the scottish peasantry acquired cabbage they must have had nothing every variety of the cabbage requires a strong rich soil inclined rather to clay than to sand but it will grow in any soil if it be well worked and liberally manured with compost or well-rotted dung in selecting your cabbage ground be particular to avoid the place where anything of the kind has grown for at least two years past this precaution is of the utmost importance and although some instances may occur where cabbage or turnips are raised well for two or three years in succession on the same land yet experience shows it to be generally a bad practice there is no crop that exhausts and impoverishes the ground more effectually besides they are a favorite food of many insects which deposit their eggs in the earth so that if you continue for only a few years to set cabbage in or near the same place no care or skill will overcome their united attacks when your plants in the open ground are three or four inches high they should be transplanted the first moist or cloudy weather you must not however wait too long for this favorable state of the atmosphere if your plants are sufficiently grown they should be set whatever may be the state of the weather if the earth is quite dry the proper time for setting cabbage is just before sunset and they will require water in proportion to the dryness of the earth and this should be given moderately after not before the plants are set in their place take them up with the hollow trowel with as much dirt about their roots as possible place them upright in the ground and gently press the fine earth about their roots the large kind of cabbage should stand three feet apart when left for heading but the small kind may stand nearer in bringing plants from a distance be careful to preserve the lateral fibrous roots lay them gently in a basket upon some moist grass and cover them lightly with green leaves and immediately before setting dip their roots into water and afterwards unless the ground is quite wet give them a sprinkling from the watering pot you should be provided with covers made of two boards each a foot long and nailed together at right angles to shade immediately every plant these covers must be taken off at sunset that the plants may have the benefit of the evening dews and again returned in the morning if the day is likely to prove clear and warm although you may have observed all these directions with the nicest precision do not conclude that your crop is certain without further attention every week the plants must now be hoed and the dirt must be fine and brought about their roots while the space between the rows is kept smooth and clear if this work is done in the morning while the dew is on so much the better and if the weather is very dry it cannot be repeated too often for otherwise they will become stinted and infested with insects end of section six